Hey, hey, kids, you're listening to a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 103 Simpsons podcast. That's right, we're the Simpsons podcast that discusses the beloved animated sitcom The Simpsons, but not from seasons one and on. No, we said the first 10 seasons, we're not talking about you. We're going to talk about seasons 11 and beyond, because those are the episodes that we really don't talk about in the zeitgeist of The Simpsons. So we want to see if there's any episodes out there that can match those golden age Simpsons we all love and adore, but we don't watch them in order either. No, we watch them at random from our wheel of random. And I don't do this alone. No, I have another host with me. I'm Annoy Grunt Boy Craig. With me is the other Annoy Grunt Boy. It's Steve. Hey, Craig. Ah, uh, the energy. I know. Uh, we just woke up, Steve, and you got all this energy. That's right. I had my coffee this morning and we're here. <laughs> Behind the scenes, uh, Inside Baseball here. Uh, usually we record these shows, uh, especially lately, because we've done the newer episodes. So we record them the following Monday after they air. And we usually do it on a, on a nice Monday evening. So we're, you know, toasty and, and uh, winding down the day. But uh, we're recording this episode bright and early. I'm wondering, Steve, it's in the morning. Should, should we be putting on our NPR voices? Oh, right. Go down energy a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this Sunday morning, our, our coffee. What what coffee are you drinking this morning, Steve? I'm drinking a fine Rwandan blend uh, made with my French press. It's a coarse grind. Uh, nice uh, notes of blueberry, caramel, just a hint of coriander. All right. This week, uh, my coffee. I'm not as a advanced coffee drinker like yourself. I'm just a normal average Joe, <laughs> like a <laughs> cup of Joe, right? Yeah. So um, I'm going with a, a little flavored coffee. You probably don't approve of those things, right? Oh, well, whatever works for you. Okay. Well, I got this at a world market. It's yeah. a, a Stroopwafel flavored uh, medium roast, a uh, coarse grind. And I used uh, my Irish press. <laughs> it's a, it's well, you just take a, Take the coffee grounds and mash it into a potato until it forms liquid. You just pour whiskey <laughs> on top of it. Yeah. No, Steve, we're still NPR morning. I'm not drinking. Oh, right. But Sorry. that's my coffee for the uh, coffee coffee chat corner. Oh, coffee corner. It's, uh, it's another great segment. Uh, actually, that does sound really good. The yeah. Stroop Waffle coffee. It is good. And I wish I had a Stroop Waffle to put over it to, yeah. to enjoy it. But um, I'm out of my NPR voices, Steve. Um, it is, it's the beginning of summer, kind of, right? Yeah. Uh, spoilers for this episode coming up when Homer joins the motorcycle gang. Uh, not everyone has a motorcycle. You see Lenny in a, on a riding lawnmower. Mm-hmm. part of the gang and uh well steve it's summertime we got to go to craig's uh lawn mowing corner i'm gonna go to mow the lawn because it's getting pretty tall and i don't want to be one of those people in the neighborhood you know i don't want to be that house yeah with the tall grass yeah they have a gas-powered lawnmower and it hasn't seen you know service since probably maybe september was the last time i mowed mm-hmm. after that nothing grows and fall and that sort of thing right right seasons they, they still happen up here seasons change so we took go pulling on the cord still not turning over and I keep going and i'm starting to sweat too it's like rough and then all of a sudden like a last pull the cord rips oh geez it's just you know a rope pull rope cord rips but it starts the uh it starts the motor so now i have like well i got the va- the vacuum <laughs> the grass vacuum aka the lawnmower <laughs> ready to mow so like well, I, if i turn it off now then i'm screwed because then i can't start the the moat the engine mm-hmm. but luckily i got the yard mowed up and then as soon as i turn it off and i can't start it again so then i'm like well i can replace the pull cord mm-hmm. 
And so I have to learn how to figure out how to dismantle it. And uh, it's it's not complicated, you know, and, and screw some shit here and there. And it took me like three tries, but I finally figured it out. <laughs> so I get it all ready to go. And I I get to start and it starts and uh, perfect, right? But it still yeah. takes me a while to, to, to get it to go. I only did the front part of the house. I'll save the, you know, I just wanted to present right for the, the front. Yeah. I wanted to present. I don't want people seeing the back and they're not because there's a fence. So oh, I was going to save that for another day. And so the other day comes around <laughs> and I couldn't get it started again. I'm like, God damn it. And pull and pull. And then all of a sudden second days of use of this rope snap and it breaks. Oh, wow. And then I'm like frustrated. I'm like, what is wrong here? And then of course doing some more research and, uh, I have to go replace that rope again. But the reason it's it's not uh, uh, starting is because of a spark plug, Steve. Oh, geez. But now I'm learning. I'm learning a new skill set, Steve. I can now repair a rope and a spark plug on a lawnmower. Wow. If you just keep on doing that, eventually you'll become a lawnmower master. <laughs> and then you get to start your own uh, lawnmower mechanic shop. Or lawnmower gang. There you go. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do this summer. I'm just going to take my lawnmower to like people's yards and just mow it. <laughs> like, hey, just give me 20 bucks and the, the poor like kids who are trying to earn money for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just taking it out of, out of their money or out of their pocket. Or it's actually like the real professionals that do like real lawn service. You know, people are paying hundreds of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start coming of... over. I'm going to start coming over to your house and start mowing your lawn and only charging you like $20. And that's probably less than. Yeah. I was going to say it's cheaper because still paying $10 a week for guys to mow our lawn with a weed whacker. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's what I had to do the other day because I wanted to go out to the backyard of the fire pit. I had to mow down grass area and i'm like well i'll just use the weed whacker that kind of works yeah i mean it works it just takes forever yeah um you know you talking about fixing your lawnmower you know i've heard of a gearhead but i guess you're more of a deer head like a john deer head yeah that's what that's all right well the showstopper there steve um (laughs) let's just get on with this week's episode how about that all righty let's go uh hop in our time machine all the way back to november 28 1999 Woo. Wow, that's like we're gonna have to like use the DeLorean and the Quantum Leap time machine, and maybe even a phone booth from Bill and Ted. What was the number one movie in the box office? It was a sequel to the first Toy Story and a prequel to Toy Story Three, so it was Toy Story Two. Interesting, yeah, yeah, that's the way to put it, right? Um, this one, uh, I don't remember this one at all. Can I admit something? You've never seen it. I don't think I've seen. I, I know I've seen Toy Story One. I think that's it for Toy Stories for me. Oh, you never saw the third one, Toy Story Three: Schindler's Toy Box? <laughs> no, I know it's depressing and uh there's a holocaust or something about toys i don't know uh, and there's no, a, and there's a four yeah yeah and now light the year it's kind of weird thinking about this this episode aired and then like in a in a week or two this toy story saga still continues in a way with the new light yeah. movie i know that they're not funny. they're not in the same quote-unquote universe but it i guess in a way it is but yeah right yeah well um i didn't see it though steve we we were like 1999 we were you know what we probably saw that week instead was probably like didn't like dogma come out around that time probably around that time yeah when was blair witch that was also blair witch time too wasn't it oh yeah that was a very uh that was a very big movie at that time because the internet wasn't as i mean the internet was around but it wasn't as uh, prevalent and uh so there were still people who were like going to the movie thinking that it could possibly be real or actual footage. I know the back when the internet when it took like three days just to download that picture of Captain Janeway. Yes. Me and comic book guy. It's like <laughs> waiting. Will they go where nudity has never gone before? <laughs> In poorly photoshopped fake celebrity naked photos. That was the 90s for you kids. Yep. Just slap that head of Christina Applegate on any porn star's body, yeah. even if they're black. It doesn't matter. Oh, the internet was wild back then. 
Yeah. <laughs> Not like today when it's so <laughs> safe and well regulated. Ugh. All right. See, so, well, uh, we were all playing with our toys at Toy Story 2. What were we uh, stealing off of Napster? Well, Craig, it was 1999. So there's only one song in the world that was smooth by Santana featuring Robert Thomas. <laughs> I think this is the song we've probably played most on this podcast. I think so. So I found, a, I found a, a Spanish version. So I like it. It's fun. Different, different uh, take. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any episode or season 11 episode that we've featured <laughs> that hasn't had this as the number one song. I, mean, well, I don't yeah, think there is one. It was the number one song for forever. Yeah. Because you figure right. this came out in the summertime and this episode aired uh, on November 28th. So was this the song of the summer? Oh, for sure. Back yeah. before, like, that was a regular thing. Yeah. And now, now where's Rob Thomas, Steve? I don't know. He's uh, making, uh, is he making uh, iZombie? I think that's a different guy. <laughs> oh. You're talking about the guy who created Veronica Mars. Yeah, Rob exactly. Thomas. Yeah. Rob Thomas. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, good stuff, Steve. All right. Let's just, uh, let's just go watch this episode. All righty. So, take my wife's sleaze. Homer and Marge win a motorcycle in a dance contest. So, Homer decides to form his own motorcycle gang called Hell Satans. But there's just one problem the name is already taken, and the two gangs encounter one another, and trouble ensues. Oh, boy. So, we'll watch that, and we'll be right back. <laughs> We're back. Today we're talking about Take My Wife's Sleaze, the eighth episode of the 11th season. It originally aired on November 28th, 1999. It is episode 234 in the show's run. Your nerd code is BABFO5. It was written by John Schwarzwalder, directed by Neil Affleck, and your showner is Mike Scully. Ah, uh, the Scully years. Ah, uh, a Schwarzwalder episode. We only get a few of those. I know. And, uh, well, this is one of them. Yep, he's written 59 episodes, but we've only re- reviewed uh, four thus far. 59, come on. You could have just done 10 more. I know, that would have been so nice. <laughs> uh, the ones that we have reviewed would be Kill the Alligator and Run, Simpson Safari, The Frying Game, and The Regina Monologues. I would say that's about a 50% hit rate. <laughs> It, sadly, I think the Kill the Alligator and Run, which is still a controversial episode between the, the old school fans, but that's probably yeah. the best one of his that he wrote that we reviewed. Yeah, I mean, that's not to diminish what he did in the Golden Age, but uh, yeah. I mean, Simpson Safari, like there's still Ooh. still the, the bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, that's right. Because we did that. We did that. That sports photo like back to back. That was the 42nd episode was Kill the Alligator and our 43rd was Simpson Safari. So we did like I remember us doing like a back to back. Yeah, we're trying to ride the high. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's also, also funny to think about. Last week, we reviewed the season finale of uh, season 33, and obviously it's several years after, but it's kind of mind-blowing to think about how there are 495 episodes between the episode we're about to review and that the one we reviewed. So that's like any other TV show times three in between a season 11 episode and season 33. It's just wild. Right. And just think of the, the whole time frame between, you know, when we record this to the year that this came out in 1999, it's... Honestly, it doesn't feel like that much time has changed. I know. Like to me, like this episode is just as recent as most recent episode of The Simpsons. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Oh, a new one. 
Yeah, it just means like we're old and time just slows down. Yeah. I mean, it would be great if it was reverse when you're a kid. Make time go fast. Wait. No, you got do it. Do you want the reverse as a kid? You want I mean, to go fast? Well, no, because so it you is want to be a grown up. Kid. No, you're right. No, time's I take that back. Time is faster for adults, slower for kids. Yeah. But when it comes to Simpsons, it's uh, they're timeless. Yep. Because time <laughs> is a flat circle, much like Homer's head and and the planet. Yeah, it's a true. flat circle. That's right. Riding on the back of that turtle. I mean, all the other planets in the solar system are definitely planets in their orbs, but except for this oh, yeah. one, we're just yeah. a flat one. That makes perfect sense to me. It does to me. And yeah. uh, I think the universe revolves around us. Yep. That's why we have life and other planets don't, because we're a flat circle and the universe revolves around us. And I think specifically uh, the United States of America, it revolves around the United States of America. Well, yeah, because we're in the center of the circle. And the center of the planet. Yeah. Yeah, in the center of the universe, it all works out. Right, that's why God is great. That he he just made sure that us was the best. Yep, G is G, as I always say. God is great. <laughs> My triple G is a uh, guy's grocery games on Food Network. Catch a new episode this week, Friday at nine p.m. Central. We're not sponsored. I wish we were sponsored by Food Network. Oh, that'd be great. I'm talking about Giada. <laughs> what what a weird like. <laughs> we, we need to get um simpsons fans to watch this network because they homer likes food yeah so we need about 72 <laughs> simpsons fans yeah and then they go to uh, the talking simpsons and they get those guys yeah because they're better than us yeah see uh, like we say on every podcast now everyone's better than us that's true well let's get to the episode at hand here steve it's it's classic you got oh, the yeah. classic intro we see chalkboards we see couches we we got it all steve we got it all chalkboard gag is a little bart right and i can't see dead people this is a reference of course to the hit movie that came out that year right 99 uh the sixth sense yeah with uh tv's uh bruce willis you know he was the star of moonlighting yeah can't think of anything else and then you had uh, Haley joe uh osmond yep slow joey himself Osmond, Osmond, Osmond. And that was a fun movie, Steve. You know, he saw dead people. Yeah. So I don't exactly remember. Was he just like in a cemetery the whole time? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> he was just like digging graves. He's like, there's one. There's, <laughs> there's one. one. And Bruce Willis was like leaning up against a tree playing a harmonica. And he's like, call me Bruno. <laughs> hey, we don't talk about Bruno no more. But how about a uh, couch we, gag? Yes, we do get a couch gag. Uh, the Simpsons sit on the couch, uh, but then they, they get sucked inside the sofa and come out looking like shredded pieces of paper. This is the second time the, ca- the gag was used. The first time in season 10's 30 Minutes Over Tokyo. Was that the season 10 finale? Uh, I don't think it was the finale, but it was towards the end. And I just remember very specifically my dad watching it and absolutely yeah. hating it. And he would hate everything that you are doing now. I'm sure he would. <laughs> What a positive start to this episode, huh? <laughs> yeah. The episode begins as it always does with The Simpsons watching TV. Well, you know, actually, sometimes that happens more than you think. That's um, true. This time around, they're watching the Guinness Book of World Records when a uh, commercial piques their interest. Tonight on Guinness Book of World Records, a man who holds the current record for least amount of faces with none. Help me. You'll also see the world's smelliest tumor. Ew, these records used to be real accomplishments. Now they're just gross. Plus, you'll meet a dog who can't predict anything. And three other things. When we come back, we'll show you the contents of a supermodel's stomach. What an age we live in. Oh, look at all that sweet and low. 
Hey, remember the 50s? Remember television, Coca-Cola, and Dick Clark? <gasps> I remember television. Come join me, Wolf Guy Jack, at Grease's Cafe, where it's 1955 every day of the year, baby. Actual year may vary. Consult calendar for current year. A 50s-style restaurant. What a neat idea. Why don't we eat there tonight? Uh, we'll go next month. All right, Steve, you jam-packed that clip for us, didn't you? I know, I know. Uh, we'll talk with the Guinness Book of World, World Records first. Uh, just the point that it's like, there's there's nothing else to break, so it's just the lamest things ever. <laughs> and it was also in this weird time when reality TV was still kind of fighting itself before like all the competition shows. So Fox would just throw together something for a Tuesday night that would be like the Guinness Book of World Records or America's Funniest Kids or like yeah. Birds. You forget those things like wasn't there a couple like uh, like alien autopsy ones where like we've have exclusive footage of and aliens. it shows the same like 15 seconds. Yeah. Of the grainy black and white footage over and over again until, you know, it go, cuts to commercial break and then when we come back and then they never lead to anything. And they did like five of those. Yeah. And uh, then there was the uh, inside the magic secrets oh, or whatever. That's what I was thinking of, too. Yeah. yeah. And like, and that it hooked because we were at this age to like kids being like, I, I got to watch this. Yeah. So I, like, learn some I, real stuff. I mean, I learned some magic tricks, though, like how they how some of the stuff is was done. It was great. <laughs> I didn't like Jonathan Frank's host. The uh, those alien autopsy ones. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'd be like it'd be like on a, on a Sunday when The Simpsons isn't on and be like before the new X-Files watch or after the X-Files, whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. But uh-huh. the, uh, the, the dog one is like the dog that can't predict anything. And a little head tilt, too. Yeah. It's like and, uh, without a face and three more things. And then just the three. Yeah, it's just like coming out the screen. And that's, I think, the point you're getting to is like, just make it flashy. Yeah. Just fill time and make it flashy. <sighs> kind of like what we do. Hey. You're right. <laughs> and when you're right, you're right. That's right. And you, um, you're always do you, right. Do you remember uh, te- Dick Clark in television? That's kind of funny because like Dick Clark was still in a way relevant back in 99. I mean, he was oh, still yeah. doing the rock. And, I mean, he did the rock in New Year's Eve until he, he passed away. Yeah, this was probably the biggest year for him. Oh, 1999. Yeah, right. Was this this is pre-stroke, right? Yeah. Yeah, he only had a stroke a few years later. But yeah, but I remember 19- TV. <laughs> TV is good, uh, but 1999 had to be the biggest year ever for Dick Clark because he gets to drop his ball into the new millennium. Yeah, he had to party like it was 1999. Yeah, oh yeah. Prince. <laughs> right. <laughs> 50s cafes. I mean, they're still a thing. Yeah, I don't think the novelty is there quite as much, but uh, but yeah, they're still a thing. Yeah, it's it's more depressing now. Like yeah. You go in there, it just looks it looks like it's still the same uh, a building from 1950 and they haven't changed the decor and it's all dirty and sticky vinyl and yeah. i wonder if 50 years from now people will open 50s diners mocking the diners from the early 20th century or 21st century back to the future too you know makes that joke when he goes into the 2015 and there's a a cafe that's like a 80s cafe right are we going to get like a 90s like 90s a cafe right like uh cafe nervosa like <laughs> like, like uh, all the guys are wearing like really baggy pleated khakis and <laughs> yeah, and uh, girls in the like with like the half like the belly shirt type of thing, but like also like the choker, yeah, choker necklace sleeves, and, yeah, but also like really baggy like Janko jeans, right? The, the tube jeans and <laughs> and like the two tiny little pigtails on the like the manic pixie look, right? Exactly. <laughs> I want someone that looks like Niles wearing like. An ill-fitted, baggy, double-breasted suit. With a turtleneck underneath. <laughs> yeah. 
and then yeah and then other guys wearing like really light colored denim jeans with like huge uh a chain wallet mm-hmm. either doc martens or chuck taylor's <sighs> it's kind of funny because that is kind of how the kids dress nowadays yeah trends and fashions always repeat it's true i mean when we, when we were kids in the 90s the 70s was kind of coming back for like cool looks yeah and then later in the 2000s more of like the punk type of phase like mm-hmm. i think yeah we're now kind of in the Right, but we are in that '90s is back to like the like you were saying like with the kids dressed in '90s way. Yeah, so it's interesting because the next trend will be something that we're too old to appreciate because we didn't live through as children that whatever the next trend will be the one that is emulating the 2000s. We will have been adults then, so the kids will be dressing like something that is too young for us, which is depressing. Well, I think it will be. Well, no, I think it will be the early 2000s. But I'm saying like the kids. Like the emo look. Oh, yeah. That's probably coming back around maybe in 10 years. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably another decade. And then there'll be a lot of sideburns and yeah, belts. I just hated every decision I ever made, like when it came to fashion. Yeah, (laughs) I I, 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 I still dress like an idiot. But yeah, when you look at photos of like when you're like 22, uh, (laughs) it's fine when you're a kid because I was a kid. I didn't dress myself. Right. But yeah, you're. When you're an adult making your own decisions and buying your own clothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> leaving it on yourself and like, oh, so that's what I wore? Huh. <laughs> yeah, it's real cool to wear uh, white uh, band shoes when you're 25. <laughs> I want to wear bowling shoes because that's practical. <laughs> Zero traction on anything. Wear <laughs> 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 a U.S. Postal Service jacket that says like Biff on it or something. Right. Oh, man. We're being nostalgic here because of this 50 diner. Let's just. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, and then. <laughs> I think one of the funniest parts of the, the end clip there was when Homer, you know, when they're all like wanting to go to the, the restaurant and yeah. just like, nah, no, we'll go next month. Like just, this is a weird time reference. Like, yeah, a month like, later, like, you could say, like, no, we'll go tomorrow and we'll go soon. Right. But exactly a month. Yeah. But exactly a month to point out or to make that a joke. It's just, that's pretty funny. And then the, the title screen a month later. Simpsons like yeah. doing that kind of thing of, you know, Bart waiting for something that's just to six to eight weeks through the mail. Then the screen comes up 68 weeks later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, we jump ahead to one month later and Homer, Marge, the children and grandpa head to the 50s diner inside of Apu and Manjula are sharing a milkshake dressed as uh, high school sweethearts. Edna and Seymour are sitting there in a car-shaped table in their best greaser attire. And then a waitress on roller skates uh, skates by. News articles are posted on the wall with headlines such as Milkshakes Popular, Teens Rarely Pregnant, and Hulu Mishap Kills 3. Ah, God bless you, Source Holder. Uh, Lenny looks to use the restroom, and he walks up to two doors, one marked Cool Cats and the other Squares. He steps into uh, the Cool Cats door, but upon hearing women screaming, he exits and then goes for the Squares door. But once again, women are screaming, which is a fun gag. Yeah. I like the idea of somebody being like not against anything, but just really has to pee. And so he's flabbergasted, like uh, all these people are trying to make. I just I just had a lot of soda. Uh, so cool cats are squares. Like, it's funny because it doesn't make sense for any like man or woman. I mean, if you were to choose, I would say probably like would cool cats be women? I mean, yeah, I would say so. And then squares. I mean, that's like. I mean, really, it should be like, uh, like you know, the the men's restaurant would be like Daddy O's, right? Right, and uh, mommy, mamas, <laughs> mamas. I don't know, fifties slang, I guess. Yeah, 
Although as a kid, though, I hated it when you did go to like a rest a, a restaurant that had like funny things for the men and women's restroom because you couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one other example, but yeah, like it is. I, I I don't like it when I'm just tired of bathroom signs. Like I, I I like the inclusivity, but the whole one with like the mermaid and the alien, and it just says whatever washes your hands. Oh I yeah, think we, I think we played that joke out enough. We can just stop with that. Right, right. Uh, it is weird, like when there's like a restaurant that has a, a woman's sign and a man's sign on it, mm-hmm. and then both bathrooms are just one toilet Toil- and a yeah, yeah. Like, the what are you doing? Like, What's the point? Just yeah. say restroom. I will say I prefer those. A single use bathroom that I can oh, lock I do. the door. It's so nice. Although I was I was wondering what the etiquette was. I, and I think you were supposed to lock the door. I was in a restroom where there was a toilet and a urinal like right next to each other, like mm. side by side and then just one door. But they had a lock on. I'm like, well, if I'm just here to, to like pee, do I keep it unlocked in case oh. another person wants to come in to pee? Right. Because like, you're kind of keeping them from using the bathroom. But also because I'm just doing a number one, a number two. Well, that's a private thing. You know, yeah. Lock yeah. the door because there was no divider. So yeah. that's, that's indication to, to shut the door. If there was a divider there, then maybe. Yeah, I, I think because so. it literally would have been if like I was standing at the urinal peeing and like I just turned over. I could pee on the person sitting down. <laughs> maybe that's what it's for there. Like, <laughs> well, it was a uh, piss fetish bar. <laughs> you ate at the Golden Road, <laughs> the Golden Corral. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have the number one, please. <laughs> All right. Well, besides having confusing bathrooms at the restaurant they also have a special guest to meet and greet there the original dennis menace himself jay north bart isn't exactly starstruck and then also homer and uh, marge uh they find something to be impressed by dennis the menace yes i was america's bad boy i once hid my dad's hat (laughs) Uh at another time I accidentally stepped in Mr. Wilson's flower bed. (laughs) That was a two-part episode. (laughs) I have to go. California, here we come! It's not a real car, Grandpa. Allen Ginsberger's Un-American Cheese Sandwich? Polio Dogs. It's clever how the names remind you of the 50s and at the same time tell you what there is to eat. (laughs) Wow, look at this old-timey gizmo. (laughs) I feel like I've gone back in a time machine. Dad, they have those everywhere. What an age we live in. (laughs) Ow! Uh, 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 (coughs) Oh, man. My throat doctor says I'm not supposed to do that anymore. Okay, is everybody ready for our nightly dance contest? I'm not ready to dance just quite yet. Not yet. Uh, Jay North, orig- yeah, America's original bad boy, Dennis <laughs> Menace. I, 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 you had fun uh, jaunty line readings there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to have Dennis Menace because, especially at this time, there's so many references to Bart being the new generation of Dennis and Menace. Well, I mean, yeah, that pretty much started when The Simpsons started. Right. And it's all he, and, you know, even early on, they, they referenced the fact that they know. Yeah. Right down to the slingshot. I don't remember the show, the original show of Genesis Menace, but I do in the 80s remember that cartoon that was really kind of crappy. And don't forget the classic Walter Matthau remake. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That would be a good... Uh, I'm surprised they haven't tapped into the Dennis the Menace well yet and oh, yeah. do a uh, do a uh, Bel Air version of Dennis the Menace. An edgy reboot? Hmm. How would you do it? Like, uh, hmm. like an idyllic, very whitewashed suburban... 
Um, I, I, here's what I think you do. I think you get Clint Eastwood and do a Gran Torino type situation. Yeah, I still want like uh, you know a little blonde towhead kid, mm-hmm. but like also like has a very dark, dark secret. Or yeah, maybe it's a maybe. Here we go. It's 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 two things. It's a Dennis the Menace slash Small Wonder reboot. Oh. So Dennis is actually a robot kid, but when the scientist dad was putting uh, Vicky, oh no, I guess Dennis, yeah. together like in his lab during a stormy night, lightning strikes the house and it explodes chemicals that are electrically charged onto the <laughs> robot Dennis, but it also, and so it creates a, an evil glitch. <laughs> his whole mission, oh, it's like Terminator, he has to kill Mr. Wilson. Right. And Menace is actually an acronym for like metallic, <laughs> empathetic, neuropathic, android. <laughs> nice cyborg entity <laughs> so really what okay so his parents maybe were like um government uh, contractors to create a new breed of super soldiers mm-hmm. the menace soldiers that were like right. robotic but also his wife finds out because they lost their boy dennis in like a tragedy like a fire or something like that <laughs> so secretly he's created their son again as a robot but she's not happy about it so yeah. then of course there's like there's struggle <laughs> there are the relationships on on the on the edge <laughs> Right, it's on the rocks. And... Wait, isn't that pretty much like the plot to the Caprica, the Battlestar Galactica? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sequel series or prequel series, I guess. Oh, yeah, because their daughter dies and he's the creates. Yeah, okay. Never mind. It's been done. The Simpsons did it. <laughs> yep, Simpsons did it. Simpsons um, created Battlestar Galactica and Dennis the Menace. <laughs> uh, what else in that clip there? Uh, I liked uh, just how impressed Marge was with the names being jokes, references oh, to the yeah. 50s, but also describing what they are. I'd probably eat a Allen Ginsberger, but not a polio dog. No, that doesn't sound good. Uh, an American cheese. What is this? So just I, like a Swiss cheese, grilled cheese? Yeah, because they're neutral. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we, that joke has a lot of holes in it, Steve. Oh, jeez. That was a pretty cheesy response. And uh, Homer, of course, just flicking the... Like pulling the <laughs> napkins out. Yeah, like a yeah. magic man himself. Heart. And then, like, uh, we get Wolf Guy Jack, who is obviously a uh, parody of a reference out. I always feel like was even old then of uh, Wolfman Jack. Um, he was still alive during this episode. I think so. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I guess I didn't realize until like doing research on this that he was from American Graffiti because that's kind of a I don't I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Um, but that's why you think it's old because Wolfman Jack and you know American Graffiti oh, was like nineteen seventy four. So that's why, like, even as a right. kid, you think like, oh, like Henry Winkler, you know, the Fonz, like he must be super old because like that was the fifties. <laughs> Not realizing as yeah, a dumb exactly. kid, like, oh, they actually filmed it. Like, it's it's more modern than you think yeah you know right because it's filmed like 10 years ago not 30 yeah, years ago right um yeah uh did we talk about i feel like we just talked about american graffiti for some reason i think we may have yeah uh, well it's on uh, stars right now uh, oh boy to start your new subscription to stars just go to stars.com slash annoyed grunt boys uh first month's three and then it's 9.99 uh every month there and after stars they don't have original programming do they <laughs> stars they're just like us <laughs> 72 listeners <laughs> viewers uh, yeah they don't watch they just yeah. put it on and then they do something else uh, but 
Marge is intrigued at the prospect of dancing, but uh, Homer wants no part of the rug cutting. If he has to get a divorce, he will. Uh, Homer quickly changes his mind, though, when he hears about the grand prize, a vintage 1955 Harley Davidson motorcycle. He uh, frantically looks for a dance partner, and luckily, Marge is sitting right in front of him. She uh, takes his hand with a happy, okay, daddy-o, and then Wolf Guy Jack calls for the contestants to set their socks to hop and their tootie to fruity as he plays Mental House Rock by Johnny Bobby. I love Uh, Mental House Rock. (laughs) And just like that name of Johnny Bobby sounds just such like a oh, yeah. 50s. <laughs> Everyone was named Johnny or a Bobby. Uh, Homer and Marge dance alongside uh, Edna and Skinner. You got Clancy and Sarah Wiggum dancing. And of course, the Pooh and Manjula. I like how they're uh, dressed in the old uh, Letterman or like the old 50s, like high school. Yeah. It's got the old like knit, you know, uh, Letterman's jacket mm-hmm. or with the giant pigtails. I miss those characters, Steve. We can never see them again. I know. So everyone's showing their best moves. Homer and Marge are cut above the rest. Homer swings Marge around by her arms, and Marge responds by spinning Homer uh, by one leg. Now, Steve, <laughs> I know you might like it, and it's just absurd here, but the laws of physics just are thrown out in this episode. Oh, yeah. And so then Homer <laughs> grabs Marge by the hair and twirls her around. That just seems painful. Yeah. <laughs> and next, they run up the wall. They do that old little wall run up, followed by Homer tossing, uh, tossing Marge up in the air. And then she goes through the building and then re-enters through the front door of Maze to be in the 50s nostalgia cafe because he spun her so far back in time. Yeah, she's just entering it for the first time. So he like took her back in time about 20 minutes. <laughs> so Homer has the ability of time travel now? Or Marge does, I don't know. Or Marge, yeah. Yeah, because, well, I think it's kind of like a dual thing, kind of like Cloak and Dagger. Like he, he throws her and then she can travel back in time. Hmm. All right. It's actually kind of a cool idea. You spin someone so fast they go back in time. Yeah. I mean, that's not that isn't that how Superman saved the Earth in the first Superman movie? He just like spun back in time yeah. real fast. Yeah. And Superman's a, a good movie, but the ending is just kind of a little muddle. It's a little like, eh, it falls flat. Yeah. I think it's because it was meant to be like a giant four hour movie. That's Superman two is really part of Superman one. That's a long story. This is not a Superman podcast. No, not yet. <laughs> not until not until the Simpsons retire. Yeah. So Homer continues spinning Marge and then on the head and her hair splits in half. Nice. Wolf guy Jack is impressed. He's never seen such blatant disregard for a partner's well-being. And Homer's won the motorcycle. As he reflects on winning the respect of his fellow man, Homer yells at the other dancers looking at him. Uh, Wolf guy Jack calls for more records to be spun because at the Greaser's Diner, the 50s are never going away. We then cut to three days later when we find Wolf guy Jack nailing an out-of-business sign on his diner because the 50s went away. <laughs> he, tape, he attempts to take solace in that he still has his love, but he soon discovers that she's nowhere to be found. He lets out one last sad howl as the rain begins to fall and a single tumbleweed uh, rolls by. Forgot to mention the beginning of the clip, or not the, the beginning of the episode where mm-hmm. they're watching the commercial and the, where they, you know, go to the restaurant. Like, you know, the, the slogans like "Where it's the where it's the 1950s every day," and then you know, years may vary. Please consult your current calendar for your current. Oh year. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> remind me of the. Well, of him closing down of course he's gonna close down he's giving away motorcycles like every day on a nightly dance contest yeah <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's not some good business practice there no motorcycles are very expensive yeah and you can't just give them out nightly like even if there were other prizes like if the motorcycle's like just a nightly thing it's just not good business yeah I mean, maybe it'd be like if the business was open for like 10 years, that'd be like a prize that people have to enter. 
Right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Just just give out like a, a jacket or free dinner. <laughs> free dinner sounds good. Yeah. Like what would be a okay 50s nostalgia bar? Yeah, I'm going back to this and I didn't really get to what I wanted to ask about oh, this. Sure. Sorry. So 50s, yeah. What would a 60s bar then be? Like that just is that more of like a hippie vibe? Yeah, I'd imagine maybe like you're starting to get into some health food, maybe mm. like some wheatgrass or maybe just some weed. Yeah, you can see like peace flags over and like and the war in Vietnam, like anti-Vietnam war kind of thing. Yeah. I see a more hippie little coffee house vibe. Like what Beatles memorability do you display? You display more of like their later stuff, right? Yeah. Like rubber, more, rubber soul and beyond. Right. Like made some white album stuff. And uh, yeah. And then the 70s bar. That's pretty obvious. That's but see the 70s bar or restaurant could be split because you could have the because that's also hippie, too. Right. You can go hippie. You disco. Can go disco. Where disco stew would probably be. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. The 70s were interesting because, yeah, you had like all the disco and funk and stuff. And then you had like, oh, yeah, the power rock. And then you had like the soft rock. And then you had the right, punk yeah, rock. corporate rock. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yacht rock. Uh, I would go to the yacht rock bar. Yeah. I'm so surprised that isn't a thing in Portland right now. Oh, like that would do well. Like I think I think the problem is right now, um, I, as much as I love Yacht Rock, I think a lot of the fans are associated with like an older group that votes one way. Gotcha. And uh, it's not as fun. That's true. Yeah. We just like it, our soft rock hits. Yeah. But uh, all right, Steve, I have a business proposition for you after the show. Alrighty. We'll talk Yacht, later. Yacht Rock Bar. Hmm. Playing Chicago. Yeah. Chicago's good. Some like Doobie Brothers, some like Steely Dan. Oh, yeah. Some some Steely Dan. Asia. Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 (laughs) We play Asia. Guess who? The band? (laughs) Yes. Who? The who? No. Guess who? Yes. Actually, guess who? (laughs) Guess who wouldn't really be Yacht Rock? No. But yes would. Yes. All right. Okay. Berlin. No, no. I'm just trying to name cities or Europe countries. Europe. Yeah. Boston, Kansas. But, uh, you know, Kansas. No. Boston. Yes. Yeah. You know, this might be. I don't know. I don't know if this is a hot take or not. Boston is a good band. Their first album is yeah. an album with every th- song is a hit. If you put on Boston's first album, you think you're listening to the best of Boston. No, you're just listening to their first album. Yeah, it's just chock full of hits. And like, that's not my preferred genre of music, but um, but no, it's just it's just really good. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, what else is really good. The Simpsons. So the following day, Homer is on his newly won motorcycle. He's making fun little engine noises with his mouth. Homer makes a lot of fun noises with his mouth in this episode. It's true. Bart comments that he's been he's bending the hell out of this case stand and wonders why Homer just doesn't write it. And then uh, Homer asks his son, promise not to laugh. And of course, Bart's like, yeah, of course I won't laugh. I don't know. Of course he promises. And then he admits that he doesn't know how to ride a motorcycle. And then just Bart <laughs> bursts out laughing into tears. And there's like a fun little animation too of like his like yeah. His like laughing, like his eyes, it's the, you know, the crying tears eyes, but with the smile, he's just like doubled over laughing so hard, you know, keeps going when they're on the couch, watch the TV, he's still laughing the breakfast the next day, Bart's still laughing. And then Homer's like finally asked Bart for help because Bart knows how to ride a bike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he still finds it, it, his ignorance hilarious. Uh, So then we get a little montage of Bart training Homer accompanied by a very interesting song. You showed me everything now, took me by the hand. Puppy dogs and Lincoln logs and castles made of sand. You gave me the courage to spread my newborn wings, spread mayonnaise and marmalade. 
another spreadable things So I guess you are my hero And there's something you should know I wanna make it clear So I'm gonna sing it slow If you want a man And my father too I'd buy a diamond ring And then I'd marry you so that, of course, is uh, Nelson referring to uh, Homer's uh, penis, right, Hog? I assume so, yeah. This is an audio podcast, but we don't know what's going on. Yeah, when Homer rolled into the classroom, he wasn't wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was, uh, that was Kerbobble's vibrator in the background you heard. <laughs> Look, she, she's hungover, and she figures the best way to uh, yeah. is shut the blinds, maybe masturbate. We've all been there, you attention. know. Yeah. You got a headache, and you just want to get your mind off of it, so... Yeah. Yep. So I'm assuming that's what happened. But really, that was Homer in the, the classroom. He so he peels out of the classroom. He tells the kids to remember to rebel against authority. And then speaker over the PA says to tell the kids not to listen to Homer, which is another funny thing where like he just says something and Skinner can hear. Yeah. I love it when the, the weird PA jokes they do on The Simpsons. Yeah, I love it. But Milhouse has already heard the cry of repellent and can't get it off his head until then. <laughs> Nelson, who loves hogs smacks him upside the dome with a large textbook and a couple thanks him for that yeah very nice so i didn't know where to put this in but uh this was going to be uh actually part of hungry hungry homer as well which is another 11 episode uh, another season 11 episode where i think homer becomes friends with like elite liberals and then they have like a hung or or no no it's when the baseball team leaves town and he has a hunger strike but originally he was going to win the motorcycle and the whole plot was going to be that he had to wear a helmet so he went on a hunger strike so they split it up Hey, good, uh, good on you. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, uh, at the First Church of Springfield, the topic is there's something about the Virgin Mary because she has come in her hair, you see. I'd like to come. Uh, inside, Reverend Lovejoy begins a sermon about John 4.13. Homer revs his hog's engine over the holy man <laughs> until Lovejoy dismisses the church and the parish runs out with joy. I like how they're treating church as like it's school. I don't think the preacher ever says, all right, church dismissed. Right. And then bangs like, his gavel. Yeah. <laughs> $50 fine time served. <laughs> May the Lord be with you. <laughs> um, later that evening, uh, Marge is growing frustrated with uh, Homer as he has his chopper revving in the bedroom. And then Homer wakes up the next day just in time for a Tuesday morning movie, a cautionary tale of teen bikers gone wild. I don't know what's come over Jimmy. He won't do his homework. He only salutes the flag with one finger. And he comes home every night with other people's blood on his shirt. He's a rebel, I tell you. A rebel without a cause. Just like that boy in that popular movie we saw. Yeah, that's the life for me, Marge. Cruising and hassling shopkeepers. When will you teens learn to be uncool like everyone else? Never, Pops. That's right, never. Yeah, you can arrest me, but you'll never defeat the Cobras. Nothing can defeat a motorcycle gang. A king? That's the answer. Answer to what? Hey, don't make me hassle you, Lisa. I do like the beginning of that scene where <laughs> the announcer is like, and now for your Tuesday morning movie. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> these days in age, like, yeah, and on Tuesday morning, you could turn on any cable channel showing a movie. But like just the idea, like back in 1999, like there used yeah. to be like, it'd be like the Sunday night movie or the Saturday night, Friday night movie. But like the fact that like they're just Tuesday watching the, the Tuesday morning movie. Because like, you're either sick or uh, unemployed. Right. <laughs> 
the end two with Homer, uh, like you know, saying that's that's the answer, and like Lisa's, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like Homer's having a whole dialogue in his head. Of, yeah, but hassling shopkeepers—that's keeper, the life for him. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I just recently saw something referencing a biker from the '50s, and like a gang was causing trouble, and so that they had three options: was either to uh, go to prison spend the $500 that they stole or apologize because that's how the fifties worked. We're like, if you committed a crime, you get just like my bad. And then, you know, you're fine. Boys will be boys. It's true. Uh, have you, you know, I know James Dean has a wide list of movies. He was in three, three is a wide number. <laughs> uh, I've never seen any, I've never seen those movies. I saw rebel without a cause in a film studies class a long time ago. I just, I just have no desire. Uh, the best part about it is uh, the millionaire from Gilligan's Island. Uh, it's his dad. Oh. Jim Beckus. Um, Mr. Magoo himself. Like, I know that it's supposed to be like tortured soul and a badass body, but mostly he's just whiny. James Dean. Yeah. Steve, what would James Dean be saying if he were alive today? Help, get me out of this coffin. Wow. <laughs> this is dumb jokes. And I set you up for it. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> you know, it's one of you think like what their career. To, I mean, he probably would have gone the same way as like a Brando, like just been um, fat. I'm a fat weirdo. <laughs> but that's kind of the goal for all of us, right? Become a fat yeah, weirdo. All I'm right. pretty much there. <laughs> uh, so uh, Homer is donning a badass pair of a shades, assembles the rest of his uh, motorcycle gang. We get Mo with an old rusty motorbike and then Lenny and Carl who are just standing there, but eventually they have to acquire some sort of motorcycle. And then Ned asked to, uh, to uh, join as well. But Homer tells his neighbor Reno there that uh, the gang is rebels, not conformos, but Ned responds that if he were a member, they could use his rumpus room as a lair. The gang's <laughs> skeptical about that until they learn that Ned has just purchased a new bumper pool table. Woo! Wow. I've never been to a bar that has a bumper pool. I don't think I have either. I don't know if I'd be better or worse at that. I'm going to say worse. I'll say worse. Yeah. Yeah. So they're playing the bumper pool. They're pouring the beer. It's kind of fun to also go back to Ned's rumpus room. I feel like we haven't seen this since the uh, when Homer and Ned became like friends, right? Yeah. Like way back when. Yeah. So Homer calls out to order the inaugural meeting of his gang. But first order of business is the name. The first meeting of Hell Satan's is called to order. I move we reconsider our club name. Make it something a little less blasphemous. After all, <laughs> we don't want to go to hell. How about the devil's pals? <laughs> no. Or the Christ punches. The Christ... I, I don't think you understand my objection. I'm the president and the decision is mine. We're Hell Satan's. Besides, I already made our club jacket. Ooh, machine wash warm. Tumble dry. Ooh la la. I go with uh, Christ punchers. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to go with Christ punchers. <laughs> yeah. I, I just imagine, yeah, somebody speed bagging his uh, dabs while he's hanging on yeah. the cross. And it's funny to me. I just love how just like Flanders is just like, please don't do this. Like, I want to be part of this gang, but nothing Satan related. <laughs> <sighs> Of course, that's a reference to uh, the famous or infamous uh, bike gang, the Hells Angels, who do good things sometimes or bad things. I don't know how biker gangs work. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they're still pretty racist. Yeah, but you always hear about them like doing teddy bear runs or something. Yeah, but it's probably, you know, filled with racism. I mean, no. Uh, yeah, filled with racism. <laughs> they only have polar bears, if you know what I mean. By the way, I'm still pretty racist. Oh, God. Uh, Sorry, what was that, Steve? Kids and hot naked orgy. Yow. 
No, no, the other thing you said. By the way, I'm still pretty racist. Okay, that's what I thought I heard you say. <laughs> uh, God bless the uh, sound editor for all your hard work. <sighs> I'm not racist. Wow. Oh, Steve. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Satan's hit the streets. Homer and Moe on their motorcycles. Carl on a rental moped from Hertz. Ned on a girl's bike, complete with basket. And Lenny pulling up the rear in a riding lawnmower with a full grass bag that needs to be emptied. They stop at a red light, and beside them is Chief Wiggum. He tells the punks that he's watching them, but Homer is ready to retort. Can't handle us, pig. We're going the speed limit. Oink, oink, oink. Yeah, pig. <laughs> oink, oink, oink. <laughs> You'll make a mistake someday. And then you're going straight to juvie. You can lock us away, but you'll never defeat the Cobras. Cobras? I thought you were the Hell Satans. Well, uh, oink, oink, oink. Uh, <laughs> I like how Wiggins just tell him to go to juvie. Or they're yeah. going to take him to juvie. <laughs> They're grown men. They can't go to juvie. Yeah, I remember during the uh, trial of uh, Jared Subway, he wanted to go to juvie. Exactly. <laughs> you know, five dollar footlong for them. Oh god, he's still dead. I mean, alive. I think he's still alive. Yeah, that sucks. Probably st- still in prison. Hopefully. Yeah, maybe he's just forced to eat Jimmy John's every day for the rest of his life. I, and I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. No, it's a horrible punishment. Place <laughs> sucks. Um, I like uh, Homer confusing the movie with reality and assuming that he's a member of the Cobras. Yeah, of course. The wig I'm just being, what the hell are you talking what? about? Yeah. <laughs> uh. So then the hell Satan finds himself at the Quickie Mart parking lot, which is uh, it's a perfect place to play uh, Pitch Pennies. Remember playing Pitch Pennies, Steve? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> a good the time. Pennies. Yeah. Until one Homer's coins falls down the drain and he finds, and just like a funny line, he's like, ah, I can't believe I'm out of $1,000. <laughs> just the fact that Homer had to go to a bank, yeah. $1,000 worth of pennies. There's a lot of pennies. Yeah. 100,000 pennies. I'm sorry, one cent piece. One cent piece, yes. It's not actually called a penny. That's a oh, British no. thing. Yeah. Isn't oh. that like... I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Apu steps out to tell the young hooligans to get away. At first, the gang stands their ground, but then Apu brandishes the scariest weapon to any biker gang a broom. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the wild bunch scatter, Homer attempting to grab all the pennies of the ground, only to lose most of them. Um, after the Hell Satans leave, Manjula is disappointed in her husband as uh, he promised no more brooms. Apu uh, concedes that this is not his wife's way, but they're in America now. And I like this image too. It's they're very much just parodying the American Gothic painting. Totally, yeah. You know, you have you know side by side. If you look at American Gothic, and then you look at the image of just uh, Apu and Manjula. Yeah, um, it's the new American Gothic. I like it. Instead of the what pitchfork, he's got a broom. Yeah, it's modern America as we see it, and it's uh, kind of cool. There's uh, I don't know if we ever talk about it enough, but Manjula is played by SNL great Jan Hooks, and it is a nice look at American Gothic because it's a uh, it's white people culture appropriating a different culture. That's right. <laughs> Way to go, Schwartzwelder. Hey, he's got a he's got a new vision for America, and I'm here for it. I think I don't know he, his politics are iffy, uh, but he's a funny guy. Uh, later that night at 7.42 Evergreen Terrace, Marge is enjoying a book while Homer peruses the latest issue of Outlaw Biker Magazine. He's delighted to see that they printed a photo of Hell Satans, and he's especially struck by how photogenic Carl is. But Marge is shocked to learn that she made the publication as well, featured as this month's Cycle Slut. Uh, just then, they're greeted by some unwelcome visitors. Carl looks great. Can't take a bad picture of that guy. <gasps> You took a picture of me when I was asleep? 
If you'd been awake, you would have said no. You can see the bind I was in. Her turn-ons include thievery and liquor. Her turn-offs include underpants, pedestrians, and justice. No. What in the world? out of Bakersfield. You're the hell, Satan's? What a fun coincidence. My gang's name is also the... Shut up! <laughs> you stole our club name. According to our bylaws, we gotta stump you. <gasps> Take off that jacket, man. Okay. <gasps> now, eat it. Sounds like he's doing a Weird Al impression. <laughs> Boy, there's Eat a couple it. of voices in there that uh, sound familiar, Steve. That's right. We got Connor Star and Hudsucker Proxy Star, John Goodman. I guess he was in some other stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, as the lead biker. And then we have uh, the most famous shark jumper of them all, Henry Winkler, as his uh, sidekick, Ramrod. Ramrod was, uh, was my porn star name. <laughs> or Rod Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of other famous rods, and that just line comes up pretty bad. <laughs> I know. Like Rod Crew, baseball player. Oh, yeah. Um, Rod Stewart. Roddy Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's that a was porn also star my... name, too. Yeah, that's also. Yeah. <laughs> or a good porn star, maybe Stewart's Rod. Yeah. I mean, uh, Rod Stewart did fam famously have his stomach pumped because it was full of semen, supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> um, some fun trivia. Henry Winkler and Julie Kavner, a.k.a. Marge Simpson, played husband and wife seven years later in the movie Click. Uh, the uh, Adam Sandler remote control of time movie and John Goodman and Yearly Smith, aka Lisa Simpson, also appeared in a movie together. Uh, We're back, a dinosaur story from 1993. And so Henry since... Winkler was on Happy Days, a show set in the 50s. Very good, yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny how John Goodman at this time and for like the next five years, like had like like we like we a few years ago we talked about the McConaissance when Matthew McConaughey was everywhere, but there was a time when John Goodman was just absolutely everywhere. Like he would just host SNL if they didn't have anybody, and he hosted like for like four times one year. And uh, you know he'd just show up in movies, and he's just he was he was the the it thing for a while. And now look at him, still very successful. Oh yeah, it's always no. a delight when you see him. I know, and uh, I'm trying to think of the word saying like I'm I'm so happy he lost weight, or you know like yeah. You know, because he was always a bigger guy, but the right. fact that in his later later years he lost the weight, so he can he's healthier and he can be around longer than uh, yeah. And we're glad for that. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, he's a good um, actor. Something to inspire. Yeah, he's a good man. That John Goodman. <laughs> all right, so, so great in the uh, right right to uh, gemstones. I uh, never seen it. Um, <laughs> so using the knife and fork provided, Homer eats uh, his Hell Satan jacket, <laughs> um, chewing with his mouth closed after being uh, berated by Ramrod. I like how. I forgot to mention the jackets are just, you know, like straight up, just like almost like members only jackets or just, yeah, but it looks like Homer just got like the hell Satan's like he, he just got uh, like stick on stickers to put hell's angel, like no, no sense of like designing it. No, no, just <laughs> so he's eating that jacket there and he slips his sleeve through like if it was a, a strand of like spaghetti. And uh, Marge tells the gang that uh, Homer's learned his lesson. But just then, Homer puts on a green turtleneck with Hell Satan written on it. And then Meat Hook sighs and tells Homer that he has to eat his turtleneck as well alongside uh, and asks if he's got any more. 
things. And then, of course, Homer's like, yeah, these branded caps, frisbees, and pogs. <laughs> pogs are back, Steve, in Hell's Sanctions form. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so the following morning, we see the motorcycle tracks that have ruined the lawn of 742 Evergreen Terrace. Inside, chaos ensues with bikers dancing next to a broken window, a gearhead working on his hog, Minitok receiving a new tattoo, and another biker sipping from a toilet on the couch. The house is a mess, but Lisa tries to make the best of it, working on her social studies homework. But just then, a drunken, leather-clad slob uses uh, Lisa's textbook to scratch his ass. And uh, Lisa lets him keep the tome. Marge scurries to put pots and pans under the motorcycles leaking oil throughout the house, as well as the uh, passed out motorcycle enthusiasts, which are seeping uh, chewing tobacco, which is real gross. It is a really gross scene. Marge questions her uh, house guest way of life, but Ramrod explains that it comes with the territory. I think it's great you've chosen to crash here, but do you have to be so messy? Yeah, it's part of being a low life. <laughs> Ugh. Hello, police. Can you send a SWAT team to 742 Evergreen? T Forget it, Simpson. Those pig noises you made really hurt my feelings. Looking like a pig as I do. But you have so much inner beauty. Well, uh, be that as it may, uh, the gang is wanted in eight other states, and we have a little saying around here. Let Michigan handle it. That's also our catchphrase on this podcast. Let That's Michigan right. handle it. Let Michigan handle it. Another just like such a sports welding joke. Like, what does that even mean? I know. I also like that Wiggum almost like looked down at his nose when he's saying how much he looked like a pig. Yeah, that scene was very set up to just emphasize like, yeah, we literally draw him like a pig because that's the point. Of the yeah, joke. right. Cops are pigs. And pigs are cops. <laughs> That'd be kind of weird. Yeah, it'd be funny. <laughs> like they should have a, instead of like a canine unit, they should have a pig unit. Yeah. Pigs are good at smelling like truffles so they could smell drugs. You yeah. train a pig to do that. Oh, for sure. Pigs are smart. It's funny because it's a hat on a hat. Yeah. Or a pig on a pig. Wink on an oink. But uh, we wouldn't be saying AC or APAB. Right. No, we would. All pigs are bacon. <laughs> no, pigs are adorable. And like sometimes I'm a hypocrite, but sometimes I'll see a pig. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. I shouldn't eat that. And then I smell ham. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I tend not to eat pork. But when I do, I there's, there's a little like, uh, like I just had like pulled pork the other day. And yeah, and it was delicious. I know. Would you say that you went hog wild for it? No, I won't say that, Steve. Fair enough. I would say that uh, you pigged out. I'm just going to say that uh, the bikers have taken over the house, Steve. Okay. One fight over dog food with Santa's little helper. Ramrod using a knife and fork to try to break through a box of cereal. And Meat Hook is punching eggs into the toaster and search for something to eat. Marge stops him and offers to make breakfast. And Meat Hook says he'd kill for some waffles. Ramrod recalls that time in the Oakland IHOP where a waffle-related murder took place. <laughs> it's probably his true story, like Oakland IHOP murder. Like, right. Google that right now. I bet that's the yeah. Thing. Like, you know how like you take your um like your birth date, like you say a Florida man on, and you put your birth date in in Google, and it'll say there'll be an article that says a Florida man, and it happened on your birthday. <laughs> Injury in Oakland, the officer cited in IHOP gun case in San Francisco. What year? Uh, 2014. So Simpsons predicted it. Yep. IHOP shooting one year later, 85 seconds that changed Carson City. That's in Nevada, but still an IHOP murder. IHOP customer wanted in Oakland Park Assault, co-owner of Oakland Filipino restaurant killed in shooting. And we're just going to get more bleak, so I'm going to stop reading now. Uh, there have been a lot of crimes in Oakland and in IHOP. Yeah, thank God in the uh, town I live in, our biggest uh, claim to fame for uh, 
a, a fast foodery. It was uh, recently a, a manager at an Arby's. Yeah, Simpsons like Arby's jokes was yeah. peeing in the milk milk shake machine. Oh boy! Yeah, we made national news. Our Arby's. <laughs> Arby's. We've got the piss. Um, it, it's you know that's very gross, and uh, oh, the manager was even grosser because they arrested him for like child pornography. Oh, but um. Uh, Bill Oakley, if you're out there listening, I would like you to reassure the the, the 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 citizens of Vancouver, which is right across the river from you in Portland, to go to that Arby's and to to eat there to make to tell the public that it's it's, it's safe to eat at Arby's again. That's right. Although with the milkshake, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the time frame they said when it was, I was like, I think this is the time I had uh, Arby's. Oh, no. <laughs> but I never had their milkshakes. That's good. I'm like, uh, this uh, pineapple milkshake is pretty tart. <laughs> Wait a minute, they don't even have pineapple milkshakes on their menu. Oh, man, don't get me started about Vancouver restaurants and pineapple milkshakes. <laughs> That's a story for an inside joke that uh, yeah. we'll go on and on about, and we probably have in the past, but uh, probably best. we're still we'll on the Simpsons it. and uh, yeah. the Oakland IHOP. Um, so the member brings out the laughter of the uh, murders, and um, later the bikers show their appreciation for Marge's hospitality. Hey, this is a lot better than that rancid filth we find in the dumpsters. Thank you, Ramrod. Marge, how did you get my jacket so clean? I've tried everything to get those blood and puke stains out. I've tried hitting them. I've tried yelling at them. All it takes is the right cleanser and a little elbow grease. Do you have anything that will get this emblem back on my jacket? I tried spitting at it, you know, but... Just put it on my sewing pile. Okay, I'm doing another load of bandanas. Hey, hey, that's a leave-in conditioner. You're done next. <sighs> Dad, I'm tired of bathing in the yard. Plus, I think Rod and Todd are watching. No, we're not. Oh, little perverts there. Yeah. Wait, so they're just watching Homer bathe his daughter? Like, I'm assuming she's in a swimsuit. Yeah, I mean, but still, they're, you know, they're they're young boys. They can use their imagination. And to be fair, they were looking before, so they might have been looking at Bart. <laughs> Right. Huh. Anyways, uh, yeah. Um, I, I like uh, uh, saying that he spit at the the logo to get it on his jacket, not spit on it. He spit <laughs> towards it. I don't know why. That just a little like the little bit of uh, difference makes it a lot funnier. Meat hook trying to punch punch it clean. Yeah. <sighs> I, I don't know. This is just such a old timey sports bouldery episode and I, it's, it's a lot of fun all right uh so the simpsons home is in shambles homer has had enough he recalls the quote from benjamin franklin about the similarity between house guests and fish but stops short to realize that the bikers are gone he boasts to his children about facing the tough guys but then notices that there's something missing i know his bikers saw that hard look in my eye you know that hard look I get sometimes? And they ran away like schoolgirls with their tails between their legs. <laughs> Way to go, Dad. Hey, where's the food? And why aren't I at school? Yeah, someone really dropped the ball here. Marge? Marge? Dad, there's a note on the back of your head. Really? Read it. Hmm. Thanks for letting us crash in your pad. We had a very nice time. Oh, that's sweet. P.S. We've taken your old lady. Go! Could you at least tell me what you're planning to do with me? Oh, don't worry. You're completely safe. None of us find you sexually attractive. None of you? Really? I could have sworn that Ramrod... Well, did you see that picture of me and... And you still don't... 
Sorry. Hmm. Well, good, I guess. No one finds Marge hot. I know, but she's incredibly attractive. Yeah. Maybe, uh, well, they just have different tastes. That's right. And that's okay. Um, going back a little bit, I love when Homer has the uh, note pinned to his, uh, back of his head and Bart takes out the note or takes out the pin to remove the note and then returns the pin back to Homer's head. I just, it's a fun touch. And you have Homer just like still smiling about it. Like, doesn't yeah. care. I like, yeah. I like Lisa's line though, when they're out for down for breakfast, not realizing Marge is gone yet, but how much of a pivotal part she is in, in bringing everyone up because even Lisa's like, looks at the clock. Hey, why am I not at school yet? Cause like, yeah, Marge needs to be there to tell the kids to go to school. <laughs> she does yeah. a lot of run the house. Yep. So then Homer vows to Bart and Lisa to find Marge, but if he doesn't, he gives an emergency to call. And it's a Korean love brides because Homer doesn't want to be alone. He was weird about the, the scene, like when he was saying, like giving you an emergency number, I'm thinking like call like child services so they can protect you. You know, like that's right, what I yeah. thought it was like he was going to die. But he was just saying like, oh, Marge is gone, but I'm just I, I'm going to live. Right. Which is weird. You see what I'm saying? Want, yeah. I just want to get I don't care if uh, my wife is dead. I just don't want to be lonely. And like he like, is he just leaving the kids alone or is he taking them to grandpa or to the Flanders? Uh, he'll probably leave. Him, uh, leave him around the house, you know, take his uh, new Korean bride somewhere. Well, th- they should at least clean up the house, right? Yeah, yeah. Marge would like that when they get home and it's a little bit clean. Mm-hmm. So Homer hops on his hog and rides to the biker bar called Papa Wheelies. <laughs> and there's a sign out that says, ladies puke free. And we get our jam band back there. And our BQ, if you look in the background, uh, they're playing at the bar. Uh, one patron slams another's head into the bar and two men fight while a dart player aims for another biker's vest as a, a target. <laughs> Homer's trying to get the attention, so he breaks a glass stein over, over a table, but then is uh, whacked with a pool cue, n- knocking him out temporarily. So he awakes outside the bar, ready to show the bar folk what for. He enters in, and instead of smashing the glass stein, he you know lightly taps it with a fork, <laughs> and he tries to explain about his old lady he was missing, and then once again finds himself passed out in the parking lot of the bar Papa Wheelies. And then he tries for a third time, and uh, after that, uh, Meat Hook announces plans for the gang and Marge. All right, Satans, we roll out at dawn. Where are we going? To the Biker's Jamboree in South Dakota. You'll love it. Mickey Rourke's coming, and we're going to jump him. You know, there's more to life than boozing and roughhousing. Haven't any of you ever had a dream? Yeah, I had a dream. I was in this beautiful garden, pounding the crap out of a shopkeeper. Then... No, no, I mean the dream of a good job, a loving family, and a home in the suburbs. Oh, man. To get all that, you'd have to kill, like, 50 people. No, you don't have to kill anyone. Not if you have jobs. And the first step is an eye-catching resume. No, I believe it's pronounced resume. Actually, both are acceptable. Yeah, I did see some bikers ride by here with the blue-haired woman about 10 minutes ago. Said they were going to spend the night at Crystal Lake Campground, Section K, Space 217. I'm sorry I can't be of more help. I guess I'll never find her. Just want to start with uh, the gas attendant being so helpful and then feeling bad about it. It is a good setup. Yeah, it's just such, <laughs> such a funny joke. Like, oh well, I guess they're exact exact that exact camping spot. But yeah, uh, I guess Crystal Lake, Section K, Space Two Seventeen. 
Yeah, it's that classic. These TV shows would have uh, asked the gas station attendant, like, well, I think I saw someone head east about an hour ago. <laughs> that's it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the fact they're just so specific. <laughs> yeah. I got to be honest with you. I can't tell the difference between the way Ramrod says resume and the way Marge says resume. And resume. I don't know if that's the joke. Resume? Resume? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I assume that, like, somebody was going to say resume. Well, they're bikers, not idiots, Steve. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, resume. 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 I don't know. I also like uh, the fact that Mickey Rourke is going to be there. Yeah, the fact that there's a biker's jamboree and then Mickey Rourke is going to be there. Just Was this the time to like, well, Mickey Rourke always like would show up at places, right? Yeah. Even like the Simpsons. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was just a, a jam-packed clip, as uh, most of them have been. Like the uh, jam-packed band of jam band of uh, NRBQ. That's right. Uh, so while Homer rolls out in search of his wife, Marge offers uh, job finding tips uh, such as not calling your employer a punk or a skank at a job interview. The OG Hell Satans appreciate Marge's sage wisdom, even as she corrects Meat Hook when he says that he broke his pencil rather than killed it. Ramrod has learned that violence is wrong. Marge goes uh, on to say that civilized people solve problems with words. And just then, Homer appears and uses his fists to uh, punch out the gang that has captured his dearly beloved. Meat Hook, trained in the ways of nonviolence, doesn't know how to respond. Marge, what do we do here? Marge is using violence. Talk to him. Use your words. Homer, Homer, stop it. We've given up our violent ways. We just want to live peacefully with your wife. No, my wife is not a doobie to be passed around. I took a sacred vow on my wedding day to bogart her forever. Oh, homie. There's only one reasonable way to settle this. You and me in the circle of death. Oh, I just swept the circle of death. Just the the back to back of uh, Marge's like, you know, now we, you know, we solve er our problems with our words. And then Homer comes in just kicking ass. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tossing the guys and just kicking, uh, yeah, just being a badass. I also like how he, in the previous clip, how Meat Hook said he, when he was like, I killed my pencil. And he, see, he refers to a pencil as him. I just, I just thought that was funny. I killed him. Yeah. <laughs> just because he's used to killing he's at all the time, I think. Right. And he killed the pencil. Yeah. So then we get to a uh, another, I'll say, uh, scene that's not. Uh, the laws of physics don't exist because uh, Homer yeah. Meat Hook face off in a circle surrounded by Marge and the bikers. And um, <laughs> Meat Hook lets off this vicious growl. <laughs> and then just a really funny Homerism. Like Homer just <laughs> does a little cat response, like a meow. <laughs> like, like you do like in a sexy thing. You know? Right. <laughs> I just thought that was like really weird and really funny and very specific. Like that part. Yeah. And the spectators chant, fight, fight, fight. And Homer and Meat Hook attack each other with chains. And once that intertwine, the chains are tossed. And then he opts for a large wrench to battle, but then Homer ducks and weaves, backing up until he just grabs a motorcycle. <laughs> and, starts, and then Mihook grabs another hog and they start fighting the, the motorcycle like they're swords and they're fencing. It's like a lightsaber battle too, right? Right. <laughs> but with motorcycles. Yeah. So they battle upstairs of a disheveled building. Uh, Mihook threatening to take the wallet of Homer once he is defeated. But Homer won't allow that, as his wallet was a gift from Newsweek. And just then, Meat Hook knocks Homer's bike out of his hand, but Marge is there to return it to her husband. So, like, another, like, she just grabs a motorcycle, throws yeah. it up a cliff. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so, with the advantage on his side, Homer takes several swipes at Meat Hook until it's clear who the real winner is. Give me back my wife. Okay, okay, you win. 
I don't blame you for wanting her back so bad. A woman like that only comes along every couple of miles. Aww. Hey, can we at least keep her till the orgy in San Berdu? What do you say, honey? No. No dice. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Mrs. Simpson. Bye, Mrs. Simpson. Goodbye, Marge. Bye-bye, Mrs. S. We'll stop at the nearest town and mail our resumes. Resumes? It still sounds weird to me. <laughs> Resume. Still, still sounds the same to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so the Hellseedens drive away from Camp Crystal Lake, and Homer, with his unfinished business, rides back to Papa Wheelie's, with Marge hanging on tight behind him. He has some unfinished business to take care of. He Homer walks into uh, Papa Wheelie's, and someone yells, hey, at him, and he runs out with a keg of duff beer under his arm. <laughs> Um, on his order, Marge quickly drives the motorcycle away down the street. Credits roll, and that's our episode. But those credits happen to be white, and we know what that means. So before we finish up our discussion, let's have NRBQ take us out to a break. We'll be right back. All right, Steve, we're back. Let's wrap up this week's episode of uh, Take My Wife, Sleaze. We were talking about how that title itself is a joke on like an old, like Henny Youngman, Take My Wife, oh, yeah. Please, right? Of course. Was it Henny Youngman who, or is that just like an old vaudevillian joke? Well, no, because I think uh, Groucho Marx, didn't they all say that? Yeah, I think Henny, Henny Youngman is like the one who's most known for it, but I feel like jokes got passed around quite a bit at that time. Much like Marge in this episode. Exactly. But not that way. She got passed no. around to, to better the, the gang. Yes. Well, let's just wrap up this episode, Steve, like we always do. Mm-hmm. We talk about our favorite uh, jokes. I mean, MVJ, most valuable jokester, some scenes we liked, and uh, of course, some merchandise, something from this episode to get plastered on a shirt or tattoo or maybe a, a biker gang jacket. Yeah. Which you probably should. I watch Sons of Anarchy. You're not supposed to you're not supposed to make your own. uh cut as they would call it because uh, oh really yeah if you if you if you like make even like a mock parody of a motorcycle gang you know jacket or whatever and you're not actually a motorcycle gang um uh, that's very offensive towards uh, the motorcycle gang culture oh wow i didn't yeah. know no you don't want to you don't want to mess around with that stuff steve good to know <laughs> yeah uh, you're getting a vest aren't you <laughs> i'm gonna get a vest yeah let's just let's just get into it. What, what what kind of what's from this episode would you get to, on a product well i wouldn't get a vest because i don't want to disrespect my biker brethren i've also never been on a motorcycle um but you know the... <laughs> you've never ridden a no. motorcycle <laughs> i'm sorry fake laugh like bart but i can't because <laughs> i, don't I too have never been on a bike uh, yeah when i was a sorry quick story when i was a kid my brother bought a like uh what they call a crotch rocket like a japanese motorcycle my mom was totally against it and then my sister got to ride along with my brother and she put her uh leg on the uh exhaust pipe and <laughs> got a big burn <sighs> and, and my mom was just so happy to be proven right 
Uh, I mean, she felt bad that her daughter uh, suffered an injury. But ever since then, I was like, eh, I don't know if motorcycles are for me. They cause a lot of family drama. My mom's uh, hated motorcycles because her best friend growing up uh, had a motorcycle and she died riding it. So, so it was, you know, motorcycles were frowned upon growing up. Yikes. Um, So for merchandise... Okay, you're just like <laughs> I think it's like nonchalantly. I'm just like one up your story. <laughs> like, oh, my sister got a burn on her leg, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. that sucks. Um, my mom's best friend was killed on a motorcycle. Anyway, what do you want to put on a shirt, Steve? <laughs> Something it's like a honoring. humble brag. I wasn't bragging. I'm just trying to read it with like how motorcycles in our household were frowned upon as well. No, you're right. Yeah, no. I mean, we could never watch chips. Right. Oh, we could watch chips just because my mom really liked Eric Estrada. <laughs> And that robot from that one episode. Um, <laughs> but luckily, my mom was dead before Sons of Anarchy aired. So that's when I watched Sons of Anarchy. That's good. <laughs> I get uh, trying to one up you. <laughs> I think I want, um, I think I just want a, a shirt from Greaser's Diner. That's all. Just uh, something offering the uh, un American jo- American cheese sandwich or a polio dog. We've talked about it before, like how some of the restaurants have menus. I'd like a full fake menu of this to have a collection of menus. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Like that's a weird collection I want to start collecting. It's just like menus from other restaurants. Mm-hmm. And then sit down, you know, like on a Saturday evening, <laughs> a Saturday, quiet Saturday evening. Like, oh, let's go through my menu book. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, remember that diner in Des Moines? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that sandwich was good. <laughs> oh, we should have got that. <laughs> Licking our fingers, flipping each yeah. page. <laughs> Like, oh, they had right. you know, Benedict. People have a collection of anything, and I bet there is people out there that have collections of menus. Yeah. I'm gonna be that person now. <laughs> At least they don't take up that much space, right? Yeah, I mean, and it does have memories of like you know, going places and experiencing things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, for my product, uh, there's actually quite a few from this episode, I think. How about just a, a, a t-shirt from the uh Papa Willie's motorcycle gang where or bar where at the outside of it uh, had a ladies puke free just have a shirt that says ladies puke free <laughs> i like that so that one but uh, there's also like a mock one i have an idea of one um it would be based off that song nrbq right right the, the oh i see so at the end where you have like the image of homer and bart in the moon right mm-hmm. and they have like loving eyes at each other but you just have like a shirt with with that on it and then like on the top would be like if you weren't a man and my father on the bottom of the shirt would say i'd buy you a diamond ring and then marry you oh that's it that's that's the merchandise <laughs> to get right there we're done that's, that's the thing to have and then on the back ladies puke free <laughs> <laughs> ah that's great i love it could all yeah then and then at the bottom we'd put s11 e09 take my wife's lease this right yeah <laughs> yeah well that's an idea um i don't know if i'd buy it though. yeah but it's a great idea all right um all right what about uh, jokes or scenes oh boy mvjs what do you got it's it's tough for me because uh there's so many good scenes just going right right from the beginning the whole guinness book of world records thing just joke after joke after joke the diner was fun i love the headlines like the hula hoop accident kills three and teens remain unpregnant and then just homer constantly having the dialogue going on in his head like about uh joining a gang and then lisa being like what are you talking about and then later on when he accidentally calls his gang the cobras i don't know homer's probably my mbj just because we're getting a nice little sweet uh in between of just some very slightest jerk ass homer uh but mostly just dumb puppy dog homer just trying to live his life i also love the guest voices of henry winkler and john goodman 
what I love about it is they're clearly them, but they're also like so into the role that you kind of forget it for a moment and you're, they're just like fun characters. So yeah, I think Homer's my MBK, but John Goodman's like close second. Yeah, they gave it a throw all, you know, because you get Henry Winkler who is playing the Fonz and essentially right. like meant to be the Fonz was kind of like supposed to be a, a biker in a way. Yeah. But his like his acting is so nuanced, you just forget that it's Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Goodman has such a distinct voice. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like Winkler puts on a voice where you know his normal voice is just you know very nasally mm-hmm. uh, Henry Winkler. But then Goodman is always Goodman, but in a good way though, in a yeah. good man way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he's fun in it. Uh, yeah, Homer. This is the beginning of Homer. Well, not the beginning. We're in the in, we're in the golden age of Homer just being a total dumbass. Yeah, and disregarding everything. Do I give him the most valuable jokester? Uh, I mean, Marge is funny with talking about the menu items as well. I thought that was a funny scene. Oh, yeah. And Lisa Bart being Bart laughing at his dad. But yeah, I guess I guess Homer gets the MBJ. You can have it. Here you go, Dan. How many MBJs do you have in your uh, trophy room, Dan Castellano, that we we deliver these every week to the actors, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. We spend (laughs) $40 per trophy. I know it's not the fanciest of trophies, but still, it's a $40 trophy. Well, I have to, like, sculpt them and then paint them. Yeah. (sighs) I should make a mold, maybe. That might be a good idea. But shipping is, like, $40 because it's, like, priority. So we're spending so much. I mean, we don't have their addresses. We just say Dan Canceletta, Hollywood, California, and right. put a stamp on it. And hopefully it gets gets there. Yeah. I mean, it, it seldomly gets returned. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once out of every three times, but still. Yeah. I still, still think my favorite scene. Well, I love Homer's little cat meow growl during the mm-hmm. fight at the end. Ed, but my favorite scene still is the when Homer's looking for Marge and he goes to the gas attendant and he's like, <laughs> I don't know. I saw, you know, a blue haired lady there, but uh, headed over to Camp Crystal Lake, Session K, Space 217. I like just how specific he was. Yeah. Also, when he said Crystal Lake, too, I just kind of laughed because, like, isn't that the lake, the, uh, the from, camp in yeah. uh, uh, Friday, the. Thirteenth? Uh, no, not Friday thirteenth. Yeah. Wait. I always yeah. get. Yeah. I want. Yeah. Uh, I get nightmare and Nightmare Street's Friday the thirteenth yeah. and and Halloween's all confused. Yeah, it's easy to do because they all came out at the same time. There's yeah. They all the have so many. Porn. Yeah. And they all have so many sequels, but yeah. I th- and I think I like I like the Friday the thirteenth. That's Jason because I like the those ones. Yes. Yeah, I'm a I'm a nightmare guy because I think Freddy Krueger is silly and also remember one time that uh for halloween he came to our local fred meyer or kroger store <laughs> to get your photo taken with him like santa claus that's hilarious yeah was it actually robert england i think so yeah <laughs> certainly not a, a bag boy with a cheap mask that they also sold at fred meyer on aisle 12 i had a glove when i was a kid i wasn't allowed one. Oh, i thought it was too violent so they just right. bought me more gi joes with <laughs> six guns apiece all right see this halloween i'll take you to spencer's gifts in the mall and i'll buy you a Freddy Krueger glove. Oh boy. <laughs> Assuming malls are open then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See, well, let's just uh, talk about uh, what we really felt about the episode. We'll rank it. How about that? All righty. Sounds good. So it's easy to put on nostalgia glasses and just say that this is a good episode because I watched it at a time when I was obsessed with watching The Simpsons. But, you know, watching it with fresh eyes, it's still pretty great. It's such a goofy, dumb, fun episode. I love the biker jargon. I love the total disregard for space and time and physics. It's just so jam-packed with, like, visual gags and jokes. Uh, I, I'm sure if you, like, paused it frame by frame in the diner, there'd be even more headlines. I don't know. This is a pretty solid episode for me. I feel like I may not have liked it as much as I do now when I first saw it back in 1999, just because the bikers probably, I thought, like, yeah, they're trashy, so I don't like this episode. But they're a fun character piece, and it uh, just really speaks to the Schwartzweldian 
writing and how much he can do. So I'm going to say that, you know, the motorcycle that Homer won was from 1955. So I'm going to give this a solid uh, 1949 out of 55. All right. Fair assessment. Yeah. Um, I definitely probably didn't like this episode when it aired. Uh, We're in our very cynical high school days sure where we're all about like indie film and the simpsons is just as good as it used to be man yeah yeah so i'm, I'm kind of torn between this episode well yeah. it was fun talking to you about it and i think my problem i had just the physics of it right like how far is too far with doing like the the jokes of the uh, of using the motorcycle as as like swords you think maybe they went a little bit too goofy maybe a little too goofy but i think we're coming off of when we were recording this episode right off the heels of like the season 33 episode 22, the season finale where yes, right. shit that goes on, but it's just like a poignant message. And this one is just one of those episodes. And maybe that's good that we are watching this one because we're coming off such of a heavy handed episode that we need the most absurd thing. That's an guess, interesting point. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the point of some Simpsons episodes can pull it off the most absurd uh, premises. Yeah, like at I mean, this point, it feels like, you know, Schwarzenegger was just like throwing shit in the wall. Like he still wants to reiterate like how back in the 50s, America was great. And he probably still wants to make America great again, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you you make a really good point. And there is definitely like, it's weird to think about like one episode is about the fall of the middle class and the other one is just about bikers. And yeah, basically taking place in the 50s, more or less. What is this about? It's about nothing, this episode. Right. And I think that's why it speaks, why I like it, is because like in our modern age, we're so embroiled with, you know, politics and thinking about the world at large that I think that this is a kind of like an innocent throwback to just having goofy fun and not thinking about everything that's going on. And I think that's why I like it. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I don't hate it, but I, I think out of Schwarzwelder Bible of Simpsons episodes, like it's not, I, it's better than Simpsons Safari, I think. Sure. Just by a little, right? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we like to kill the alligator and run. Is this... Is this better? This might be hit out of the four episodes we reviewed. This might be the second best one. I think Kill the Alligator, which again has absurd premises. Yeah, I guess I'd go back and watch it again. But I'll say that you liked it probably more than I did. Um, If I gave it a ranking, uh, they're the Hell Satans and they're, you know, kind of a parody of the Hell's Angels. The Hell's Angels were founded in uh, 1948. So out of uh, 1948, I'll give this episode uh, 1937. Already that tracks. Maybe, maybe, maybe my mind's just been in a different place the past couple of weeks, but yeah, I, I understand. I guess that, it's, yeah. goof, it's goofy, but sometimes the goof goes too far, right? Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that's our review of uh, Take My Wife's Sleeves. I think it's time to find out uh, what we're watching next week. All righty. And to do that, we're going to need that wheel of random. Let's give it a spin to see which season we're in. Boop. We have season 21. Season 21. Alrighty, let's give it a spin to see which episode we're watching. All right, it's episode 10, Steve. So it's season 21, episode 10. I know you probably don't really know what season 21 is, so I'm going to have you guess this episode. Uh, The title is called Once Upon a Time in Springfield. Once Upon a Time in Springfield. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you know it originally aired January 10th, 2010. So you have that year (laughs) to work with. 
All right. So if this were like in the past two years, I would assume it would be a reference to the Quentin Tarantino film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I also know that Once Upon a Time in Mexico was the movie. And they're kind of like, and there was a couple others, but they're like gritty Westerns. But I don't know if they're going to go for that. But I'm going to assume that Homer gets a job. As, the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that episode. Uh, no, Once Upon a Time in Springfield. Homer becomes a watch repairman and uh, has to like find tiny watch batteries. And so goes on a gritty hunt from uh, store to store trying to find batteries. And it's kind of an homage to a Western, like a bounty hunt. And meanwhile, Marge gets really into volleyball. It sounds like uh, your job's on the line to Al Jean and you're, like trying yeah. to pitch something or you're going to be fired. And I think with that pitch, uh, you'd be fired. <laughs> I'd be like, Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you later. Sorry for wasting your time. So the real story is this is uh, Marge becomes a watchmaker and Homer's into volleyball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was written by Stev, not Steve, Stev. Stev. No. Um, so the synopsis is this. Uh, Krusty is forced to add a female character named Princess Penelope to his show in order to attract more female viewers. Hmm. She's immediately overshadowed Krusty as the ratings approve. Martin and Milhouse want to get the show back to the way it was, but the situation gets more complicated when Krusty and Penelope fall in love and decide to get married. Meanwhile, B-Story, Homer, Lenny, and Carl consider working at a competing nuclear plant when Mr. Burns cuts off their daily donut service. Wow. I mean, that second pitch is something you would probably say. Yeah. Um, do you remember this episode at all? Not even a little bit. Hey, we got some guest stars, though. We got Jackie oh, Mason man. back as... Uh, Hyman Krzysztofski, um, yeah, and Hathaway is Princess Penelope. Mm-hmm. We got Catwoman herself, Eartha Kitt, and uh, got two side... Cat... We got two Catwomen. Oh, right. Was this before? Yeah, the Dark Knight, right? Yeah, yeah. The Dark Knight came in like 2012. 12. Dark Knight yeah. Returns. That's right. She's in the third one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And Gary and Far Side himself, Gary Larson. Wow, that's a huge hit. He's not. Uh, he doesn't do a lot of public appearances. Yeah. I think I rem- I remember this episode again. It's always those uh, commercial pages, like a star-studded Simpsons episode this week with Anne Hathaway, and I remember like Anne Hathaway was gonna be a character, like, and she was wasn't she Princess Penelope supposed to be like a reoccurring? I don't. Know. I think so. Yeah, I do remember Princess Penelope. The from- tapped out. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's, yep. that's what I'm thinking of. You're right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this episode. I have no aside from that. I don't really have any memory of this episode. Yeah. All right. Well, I think the the story wise still sounds kind of relevant to these days because there's yeah. always you know fans up in arms when you know a, a show's being rebooted or remade and they're up in arms if like a white male was like the character now they've changed it to a, a female or a person of color and right the internet gets was set over stupid bullshit over fake things like that. <laughs> Um, all right, well, that's going right. to be fun yeah, episode like fun. Yeah. <laughs> to watch. Uh, it was uh, written by uh, Stephanie Gillis. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think we've done an episode or two that she wrote, right? Yeah, Sounds I do believe. Okay. All right, well, I do believe <laughs> that you should all contact us on social media, like Twitter and uh, Instagram, at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And hey, if you're so kind, go to your podcatching app and leave us five stars or the equivalent. But you don't need to write a real review. Just tell us the name of your biker gang. And if you don't want to type a thing, then 
just talk to us, leave a message. It's simple. Open your podcasting app on your smart device. Look at the show notes and down in the bottom, there should be a leave a voicemail for the annoyed grunt boys. You click on that and uh, then you just leave the message. That's great. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. For this week, I've been an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been an annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And remember, I got to empty my grass bag. We've got a saying around here. Let Michigan handle it. Mr. Simpson.